and we are live what's up everyone welcome back to another edition of respect the craft this is episode number 158 and i'm joined by the asgardian beast himself Cade lofbrock how's it going sir good evening it's going good my man how are you i'm doing great thank you so much again for joining us here there's definitely a conversation i've been looking forward to so this should be some fun Sounds so good let's get into it so before we get into the questions i do have to ask you I have to ask the question I ask everyone that comes on. You heard the name of the podcast. It's called Respect the Craft. So for you, when you hear that term, the craft, what does that mean for you? Uh, I mean, it's it's the art of what we do. It's professional wrestling is the craft. You know, you can, you can call it art. You can call it uh, entertainment. You can call it sport. But it's what we do inside that ring is the craft. You know, you're you're painting a canvas if you, if you want to call it that, you know. You're uh, creating something out of nothing. Gotcha. Perfect. So now I, I like to ask this question because usually people want to know what was that moment that made you fall in love with wrestling? What is it that got you into being a fan? But I like to ask for you, what was that moment that made you decide this isn't just something I'm a fan of or I want to watch. It's something I truly want to be a part of and now step into there as well. Um, you know, look, I, I guess like everybody, you know, we, uh, we grow up, we, we, we all watch it and, you know, I've always wanted to be a wrestler, you know, as as long as I can remember as a kid. And, um, you know, there's no one specific moment where I could be like, oh, this is when I knew. I just grew up watching it. I, I can't remember a time that it wasn't in my life in some aspect. So it was always there. And um, what kind of made me go like, all right, let's, let's really go for it was uh, it was the Chris Benoit DVD as polarizing as that name is now. But it was his DVD, and in the DVD, he said he didn't want to be in his 40s and 50s saying, what if? And for whatever reason, it resonated with me, and it just hit me deep down. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to be in my 40s and 50s saying, oh, I should have tried it. And and that was kind of my go-ahead to be like, all right, let's let's find a place, and let's give this a go. Gotcha. Perfect. I know, again, that definitely that shows it's one of those where it's like, why not just try it the worst that could happen it's like okay we tried it that's it now we move on but at exactly. least hey it paid off it paid off here so now this next question i want to talk to you about because this is something i've got i've known you for for some time now i've gotten to see you over the years and i want to talk to you about your evolution here i want to talk to you about the change you've made and the growth you've had throughout the years because originally i knew you as as many know you as was stockade yeah so from that time there and now seeing you here, definitely a complete, almost a different person here. Can you talk to us about what was it for you that, that made you do this change, that caused this, like, was there something that was just, it clicked the switch, like, it's time to make that change to, to continue on with the career? Um, I mean, it, it really had nothing to do with wrestling. Um, uh, like a lot of people in this world, and um, like a lot of people in this world, I suffer, you know, I, I have mental illness. I, I have, you know, I was really de bad depression, anxiety. And the way I was raised and the way I grew up and the era that I grew up in, you know, you um, you really didn't talk about it. You know, it, it, it wasn't something that like, you know, my, my friends and, and even my parents, you know, like it was like, you know, bo you know boys don't cry. Boys, boys, you know, we, we're men, you know, you, you get, you know, and I was raised by, by a very tough man and my stepfather. Um, and as much good as he instilled in me, he instilled more bad, but that idea of like, you're, you're hurt. Well, pick yourself up, rub dirt on it, tape it, keep going forward. So didn't really address it. And then as I've, 
gotten older, um, you know, basically because of my fiance now, she was the one that kind of was like, hey, look, it's okay to talk about what's going on. And um, in 2016, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I was basically pushing 400 pounds. I was grossly out of shape, depressed, just the whole nine. And instead of dealing with it, I dealt with it like a lot of people deal with it, which was with alcohols and alcohol and pain pills. And um, so it was a struggle to get my weight down. And when we hit the pandemic and, you know, the pandemic sucked. I don't think anyone will ever sit there and say it was the best thing ever, but it sucked. But for me, it, it gave me the opportunity to kind of slow down sit and reevaluate everything I was doing. And, um, you know, it started off just by going for walks in the park with my girl. Then the walks turned into jogs and the jogs turned into running. And then I started learning how to cook because I was sitting at home like all everyone else twiddling my thumbs. And then I learned about, you know, what food is good, what, you know, food essentially is it's fuel, you know, it's, it's the gas in the car. And I learned how to basically, you know, what, what, is the good fuel, you know, I'm putting in, you know, instead of regular gas, I'm putting in premium. And then just by that slow process and seeing the weight come off naturally, um, going to my doctor, which I never had a primary and that was through my fiance. Um, she was like, look, you keep going on this path. You'll, you can beat this diabetes thing. And that was my goal. It wasn't, I didn't do this to get, you know, to get signed to get looked at. I was like, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to die early. I don't want to lose, you know, I want to live as much as long as I can, especially now that I'm engaged and I have a stepson. And, uh, and once the pandemic, you know, everything started to slowly open up gyms and stuff. I found my love for, for the gym. Uh, and I found my love for, uh, strongman type lifting. And I kind of just took a deep dive into, uh, you know, strongman competitions and stuff and, uh, really found like a love and, and, and a passion for like those type of athletes and like one of the guy I'm wearing on my shirt, Nick Best, is uh, one of the one of the premier strongmen. Uh, Eddie Hall, Rob Oberist, uh, Brian Hall, uh, you know guys like that that I, you know, kind of took inspiration of because you know like, I'll, I'll never be a, a Tony Nese or a, a Will Osprey. I'll, I'll never have a six pack. Um, I'm a big guy. I always will be a big guy. I'm a, I'm a Saki guy, hence the name Stockade. And um, yeah, and then as far as the evolution from Stockade to Cade. You know, I mean, it's not a far off throw to, to shorten the name, but um, when I lost the weight and I was getting in better shape, I was like, you know what? This is my chance to come back with a whole new presentation, a whole new look, a whole new style. And, uh, you know, and there, there was a little bit of, you know, uh, I, I was trained at NYWC. The name Stockade was given to me. I, I had a, uh, a falling out with them, which a lot of people I'm sure that if they're going to listen to this know about. And it was also my way of being like, you know what? I'm not going to allow, you know, I'm not going to do give any attention to a place that I don't care for anymore. And this was my creation, you know, like everything I did at Stockade was mine, but the name was never mine, you know? So I created my own identity, so to speak. And that's really it, man. It was, it was, it was just done out of necessity from my health and my mental health. And then it translated over into the ring to, you know, to do something different and to show people that I'm not that 400 pound, big wrestler, just this, you know, quote, garbage outlaw deathmatch wrestler that I'm actually pretty good inside of the ring. Gotcha. No, I do. I commend you. And again, it is inspirational to hear that story and to hear again, even if it doesn't, it doesn't have to do with the in-ring, just doing it for your own purpose, doing it for your family. It's something where it takes a lot to do that step, to do something like that. So I, again, I commend you on doing that. Again, it sounds 
And I know anyone listening could definitely get inspired from a story like this. Because again, it's it's hard to just want to do that, to see that, you know what, there is something there that I have to change. Yeah, man, look, so, I mean, for the longest time, I struggled with my weight. You know, I, you know, I would hit the gym, I would die, I would do everything, and then I would see minimal results, and then you get frustrated, and you go right back into bad habits. Um, and honestly, you know, that that's kind of like the biggest thing for me is like, I get hit up by people that, you know, whether it be fans or just wrestlers even, or, or random people, I, I don't even know whether they find me through Facebook, Instagram, or uh, my YouTube. And, uh, you know, they, they say like, Hey man, you know, your inspiration, if I, and I don't see myself that way, but you know, if someone tells me like, Hey man, I, I picked up weights or I, you know, try dieting cause of you, like, that's awesome. Like if, you know, so that means, you know, it, it means more than being told like, Hey man, I really enjoyed your match. Like the fact that I was able to, you know, change someone's life or, or whatever the case may be. Gotcha. No, and again, it's definitely something where it's coming sincere because seeing that, seeing again, just even when I was looking, I was like, I wanted to find something like this to show how much of that changed. Not only again, just the in-ring, but just the person itself, seeing that and getting to see you in the ring now, it definitely, like I said, it looks like a whole different person now. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Definitely. So it's always, it's always a pleasure to see you now and seeing you're definitely again, it's it's almost rejuvenated you in that ring as well. Yeah. It's going to be a pleasure to see you, see you Saturday as well. Let's let's keep it going because there is another part I feel like that's also maybe added to this. So I want to talk about the the partnership, the relationship here with hmm. a, a veteran in the game here in Foxy in Foxy here. So how how did this come about again? Because I know this was something early in your career you guys had that as well, but to do it again now, how how has that been? Well, I mean, it's been probably the funnest time of my career. Um, how it all came about, like, yeah, like you said, you know, me and her, uh, I got the chance to work with her very, very beginnings of my career. I would say maybe a year or two in. Um, we were in a group called the Black Circle, which was created by my trainer, Mikey Whipwreck. And, um, you know, things happen, wrestling changes. And um, I don't I don't know the full details of why Foxy left. You know, that's her story to tell. But, uh, you know, she moved on to some other places and um, we always stayed in contact. You know, we were always good friends, um, more like online friends, but you know, she would, you know, message me every now and then like, Hey, you know, I saw this or Hey, me and Damien, her husband, we saw you do this. Like, this is awesome. Or be careful doing this. And um, I want to say it was probably, I think it was about maybe a year or a couple months before the pandemic. I asked, I was like, yeah, you ever think about coming back? Even if, you know, whatever. And, um, She's like, I don't know. Um, you know, she was like 39 at the time, uh, which will kill me probably saying her age. But, uh, you know, she's like, I'm older. She's a mom of three. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then the pandemic happened. And then as soon as the pandemic ended, um, I asked again. And she was like, I don't know. Wrestling's changed so much. And, um, and then it was April of last year. I, I asked her and she's like, you know what? F it. Sure. Just I'll, I'll come back. And originally she was going to come back and only work like one show, like one company with me. And um, that one company turned into her working everywhere with me that we, you know, and now it's been for a little over a year, uh, me and her. And, you know, the, the only person that I've ever enjoyed working with more than her was the late Crusher Dugan, who was uh, my second trainer, my mentor, I mean, Crusher, Mikey trained me, Crusher helped polish me, but I had a, a much closer personal relationship with Crusher outside of wrestling than I, I did with Mikey. And that's just because of Mikey living in Pennsylvania. Um, but Crusher really was like a father figure to me. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I've never had as much fun 
with someone besides Crusher like I am with Foxy. Like, I always tell her, I'm like, you're right there. I mean, you'll never be Crusher, but she's right there behind it. And honestly, it's a blast because we're it's a very brother-sister dynamic. I know a lot of people look at it and think that we're dating or we're a couple, and I get it. Um, but it's a very brother-sister dynamic that we have. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm the, you know, the, if I'm the steak, you know, she's the, the, the great side dish, you know what I'm saying? Like she completes the meal. She, she completes the package. And the hard part for me for a long time was wrestling on shows that weren't deathmatch shows because everyone knew of what I did and what I've done and gone through and the glass and the concrete and the fire. And how do you feel bad for some, you know, 400 pound idiot at the time now, you know, now 250. But how do you feel bad for this guy getting beat up if he's gotten up from all this stuff? So she adds the, well, we can't really hurt the big guy, but we can hurt the girl type of deal. You know what I'm saying? She's the foil. And, and, and the same token, not breaking, you know, I don't really care breaking the, the having to use a, uh, <laughs> there she is. Um, me having to use, you know, a 120 pound woman to help me win when I'm, you know, breaking the rules, you know, makes me more look like a shithead anyway, you know? So she's fantastic. She's, uh, she's the wrestling wife. She's the car mom. Like literally like she takes care of me on the road. Like without her, I'd probably would have snapped and wound up, you know, murdering somebody in a sheet somewhere in Pennsylvania. <laughs> gotcha. And no, that definitely, that, that adds another element to it. Like now, like I said, like seeing you guys, it's almost like you can't see one without the other. Now it shows that just how that, that, that's been built and how that bond is. And again, like you see the picture now, it's like it said, it's like, it's the package deal now. Like if you want what you're going to get Cade, you have to, Foxy comes along as well. It comes as the package and it adds that element to it. Like the act now is not just one. It's, it's, it's the duo here. Yeah, so, you know, and, compliment so well to each other. Yeah, we, we're, you know, we're like, I, I will not, you know, I will not work. You know, I mean, obviously, look, things happen, but for the most part, you know, I won't take a booking without her being along with me. Um, and it's not, you know, it's just, it's just, this is what we are. Um, and I feel like the what we, what we put out there now is something that's not out a lot in, in, especially in indie wrestling, like the, I like even in wrestling in general, the concept of a manager and she can, I you know people will think valet, but she's not a valet. She's a manager. The concept of a wrestler and a manager is like a lost art. I mean, you kind of see it with like, I guess, uh, cross and, uh, his wife or fiance, whatever she is, but that's, you know, again, I mean, I would lean more towards that type of aspect. You know, Heyman is the advocate. I mean, he's a manager, but that art of, great wrestling managers, you know, your Bobby Heenan's, your Jim Cornette's, it's, it's lost. And I think that we bring that something different. You know, you have this beautiful woman walking this tattooed badass to the ring. And one, it helps because, you know, young kids and and, and, and young girls aren't exactly going to be like, oh, let me go get Cade's autograph. They're going to you know, run in horror. And now she brings that element of like, no, it's okay. Look, you know, kind of, you know, we're, uh, I don't know, you know it's, uh, very um the whole concept was stolen from uh Dungeons and Dragons type uh, show called Critical Role. There's this big guy called Grog, he's this big angry axe wielding maniac who's actually a big dummy. And then you have the cocky, you know, uh sexy, smart, wise uh Vexalia. So we kind of play off of that dynamic where I'm just a angry brooding brute and she's the fun, snarky, sneaky, good looking broad. Gotcha. No, and it adds that it adds that balance though. It adds something where exactly. again that can now 
the, the kids and then people are like, Hey, I kind of, I'm scared of him, but okay. She, it, she keeps it interesting. There's something there. That's like, I, I kind of want to get closer, but I'm kind of scared of him though. <laughs> exactly. So that, that, that adds, that adds that to that. But there, so I do want to, before we keep going here, I do want to ask that because you brought it up a little bit, the deathmatch style for you. Is that something that's almost out of the picture now for you? Or would you ever consider getting back into doing more deathmatch? Because I know you recently did hardcore, but would a deathmatch ever be something in your in your future again? I, I mean, you never say never. Um, you know, I the, the problem I have with it now um, and I love deathmatch wrestling, but the problem I have with it now is that there's a lot of people that do it just for the sake of doing it. Um, and then, and I'm not saying nobody needs to love or understand every aspect of it, but there's a lot of people out there. And even before that, like when I started doing it and I, and I, and I got to it later in my career, I, I started doing it, I would say in 2014 is when it really kicked off. And, um, I never had intentions on doing it. Like I knew of it. I respected the guys, you know, I, I, the craziest things I did at that, that period prior then, um, was cinder blocks. And that was only for big shows. I never really did anything crazy like glass or stuff like that. And, uh, um, you know, as far as being done with it, I mean, I, I get asked, you know, frequently, I mean, you know, Foxy's kind of been the one to be like, why would I manage you in a death match? This is dumb. My fiance doesn't want me to do it. And to be honest for me to do it, like, the days of me traveling to, you know, Chicago or Detroit or Kansas or all these like odd states and as awesome as it was, but you know, I'm older now and you know, it, it's, I don't want to kill myself as much as I used to when I was younger. <laughs> Got it. Um, but never say never. I mean, if the right person came down the pipe or if the right opportunity um, and don't get me wrong, I get the itch sometimes and, and Foxy and, and my fiance, they can contest with are times where I'm like, I want to do one. I want to do one. I want to do one. I wouldn't do one. And then I kind of just burns out or I see something and I'm like, Oh God, like, I don't, I don't even want to be a part of this. Um, but again, never say never. I mean, it, it is this, it is the style and the genre and, uh, that got me my, you know, my little bit of notoriety. Um, and there's guys in there that I would love to work with again, cause I'm friends with them or we had great matches. You know, I mean, if a guy like Masada messaged me and was like, yo bro, let's do one. It'd be hard for me to say no. Uh, Schlack, um, Alex clone. I mean, there's a few guys that I would definitely be like, all right. Um, but just doing one for the sake of doing one because, you know, some company in the middle of, you know, I don't know, North Carolina or Virginia, like, Hey, it's, it's, it's gonna, if it's a, if it's the right price, sure. But it's not something that I'm focused on. Yeah. Um, like I've, I've tried making a pretty strong push to show people that there's more to me than just that. Like I said in the beginning, like, but you know, again, never say again, never say never. Like, I don't want to say no, but I don't, have any foreseeable plans it's yeah it's not something where you're well you're just like jumping at it either it's one of those yeah, where if like, it makes sense if there's something there like that's that's something i always felt like deathmatch should be it's almost like it should be the if there's a proper story to it there's something there where it's like it, it has that meaning to have the deathmatch instead of just let's do it because it's for, for, for just fun yeah to i mean that that's the that's a, one of the, my big issues with it is that it, it used to be a bill to something special and now you know, and I've done show. Listen, I, tournaments are one thing. Tournament shows are one thing. You know what you're going to get to. But I've been on shows where the opening match is using light tubes, and then in the it, it becomes like, what are we going to do? Like, I, I there's been some extreme lengths. Like, uh, I mean, I I, I know uh, the incident at XPW with the syringe in the penis thing. Um, as 
And again, look, I mean, I'm not going to sit there. I've been on shows with, 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 you know, guys that have taken dildos on a, a sawzall. Like I've seen some stuff where I'm like, all right, we're, we're upset about this, but we're not upset about that. Like, and then again, it's, it's art. It's free. It's creative. You know, if, yeah, of if, if two guys are like, Hey, look, or two girls or a guy and a girl, whatever, like, Hey, I'm okay with you doing this to me. Then that's it. Um, you know, I have friends that work for XBW that are like, yo, come down, come down, come talk to, you know, come talk. We'll talk real introduce you to Rob Masada, Alex, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just not something that I'm like, do I really want to go back down that path and, and then get known for that again. And, um, you know, I wish everyone the best, you know, that, GCW is one of the biggest companies going today on the indies. And, um, you know, I know they made their mark in deathmatch, but now you can see they're kind of slowly not getting away from it, but it's definitely, at least in my opinion, it seems like it's toned down a lot of what they're doing. Um, CCW has done a complete 180. I know everyone likes to to crap all over CCW, but CCW has kind of done a 180 and they do the deathmatches at certain times. Um, You got H2O, which is Tremont's company. You know, that's a mix of a lot of young guys trying to make their name, a lot of his students. So, you know, he's doing his thing. And then you got ICW, which, you know, shows a unique presentation with the chains. And then there's, you know, other companies all around. But, um, you know, there's plenty of fresh face young guys out there that are going to want to make their name. And um, if somebody, uh, you know, if a young guy wants to work me and, and I know of them and they want to do one, I would be probably more lenient on doing it then to kind of, pass the torch type of thing then okay. just do it to get my own like ego in the way you know what i'm saying gotcha. no and again that's commendable as well because that's something where it's like again that adds an element to it because now it's like okay this kid wants to he wants to test here let's let's do it yeah so add something instead of just the hey yeah we want to book you and you that's it it's like yeah there's, and, there's something and look I, i'm not gonna bs i'm 36 i did this uh deal up in binghamton and you know f- for what i've done it was very tame and, you know, I was feeling it maybe a day or two later. And I know it's compounded from the years of what I've done. But, you know, I used to do two to three deathmatch shows, you know, a week and wake up on Sunday, you know, go have a bottle of Jack and then get back to doing it. So, I, you know, Father Time is, you know, that's that's the one guy that'll never, never do the job is Father yeah. Time. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to job out to him like everyone else has. It's just might be a little quicker for me since I've done a lot of dumb shit. Gotcha. But no, that's something I was going to bring up as well, because I want to talk about not only the match, but just what it meant, because we, we were going to touch on that matchup as well, because we especially just because of the post as well, just the the photo after the show, just for you, just the complete package of it, what that meant to be a part of that show, what the match meant to you and just getting to say goodbye to the to the building. You know, it's funny, like everyone may it, you know, to me, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of stupid to me. Like, I, I laugh. like, like, look, I mean, like, I, I love Excite to death. Uh, yeah. I love Moose. I love all the guys, Sean Carr, Axel, Loke. Um, it was weird because it was almost as if the, sh- the the company was done. Like, this was our last show ever. Like, that was the vibe I was getting. Like, are we done? Or we That's right? how it sounded. Like, I saw a lot of the marketing for it. Yeah. I'm like, so that's it? And then I saw dates announced for the next yeah, show. So- John, Johnny Moose is uh, I love I love the prick to death. He's he's one of my groomsmen. Um, he's very dramatic, and uh, any anything negative is the end of the goddamn world. Um, he had a, he has another building. He's had another building. We lost the, that building. That building was special because that was he was one of the first. I don't want to say first because I'm sure somebody's done it somewhere, but he was 
the one of the first in the I would say East Coast that started running out of a mall and it was very successful. The pandemic hit. It took a shit like everything else did, but then we built it back. And look, he didn't lose it because he didn't pay the rent. He didn't lose it because he's getting uh, – they're kicking him out because of he did X, Y, or Z. The mall got sold to a bigger company, and now they're putting in these you know big corporate stores. Like they opened a Dick's Sporting Goods right next to us. They opened – they're opening a – they opened a brewery. They're opening a Panera. It's becoming – they're trying to revitalize malls, which, I mean, the malls are dying anyway slowly. Yeah. But that's what it was. It wasn't – anything other than that but yeah did it did it suck yeah did it feel like losing a home yeah but the show is going to keep going so it was weird because again it felt like we were done but we weren't done so it was yeah. kind of a weird vibe and um you know i'm very much a, I'm, a, I'm one of those like all right look it's you know we'll fucking we'll just move to the dog and pony show down the road like what, what do we you know nothing to cry about um you know, for the students, they, they were losing the school, but they have another one 40 minutes away. He's looking for a new building in the area. So I think things are going to be fine. I just think it was the emotion and the fact that, you know, it was home for X amount of years. Um, as far as the match, Axel is one of my good friends. Um, that's his girl, Maria. So it was fun to have her out there. And we were part of a group called the Dying Breed, which is myself, Axel, Robert Cook, and H.C. Uh, Loke from ECW and Ring of Honor. And uh, we were, you know, a very successful stable. We were legitimate friends in and out of the ring. And um, it was a fun match. You know, uh, Moose called me and was like, hey, uh, I got an idea. And he told me what it was. And at first I was like, oh, man, I don't, you know, I'm like, it's just kind of like I, I was, we were, me and Foxy were on this really great run of having really, really great matches. Not that I didn't think this was going to be a great match, but it just felt like, I was like, I don't know, man, last match at the X and it's going to be me and Axel who's super over and, and we're really over. Like, I feel like it's just kind of like, I don't know. And, uh, but he's like, ah, oh, this is what I want. I was like, all right, whatever. I don't think, and he was like, oh, I want you guys to have like a brawl. I was like, well, screw it. If we're going to go out, we're going to go out, you know, let's go out with a bang. And then we, you know, I mean, I think the craziest thing we did really were the Legos, um, which I don't think the crowd really has seen them there. So that was cool. You know, having guys like Johnny Cashmere, uh, and H.C. Uh, Lope, yo, that was really creative and really great match. Um, it was awesome, man. I mean, some fans have said it was match of the night. If they did, that's awesome. Um, again, it was – if it was the last show ever for Excite, I think I'd be a little bit more, like, emotional and, like, yeah. you know, oh, my God. But it was the last show in the X. So, of course, it's, it's shitty because it's the last show at the X. But Excite's not over. Like, we, we have a huge festival happening uh, the 5th, 6th, and 7th, I believe. The 5th, Kurt Angle's going to be there signing autographs. The 6th, Cardona. And then I think the 7th, I think he announced it already. The 7th, they're going to have Kurt Hawkins there as well. So Hawkins and Card uh, Myers and Cardona will be wrestling and doing autographs. Kurt uh, Angle's only going to be doing that. But it's it, this huge festival that brings in like 10,000 people a day. It's called Speedy Fest. Okay. Uh, there ain't no 10,000 people watching wrestling. I mean, there's concerts <laughs> and stuff. Trust me. Nobody's coming for 10,000 people to see fucking any of us. But uh, no, it's not done. You know, yeah. but again, yeah. So I guess emotional wise, it sucks to see the building go, mm -hmm. but it's not the end of Excite. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, all right, you know, last one here. I mean, look. I've gotten to wrestle in the ECW arena, which was tremendous for me. I've wrestled in so many buildings that companies lost the building, moved to another building and never really got attached to a building because, you know, it's wrestling. It's not like, you know, uh, it, there's no indie building out there I that I know of 
that is like, I guess maybe pro wrestling magics or whatever that building is. They call the Mecca just because every company runs there. Yeah. Um, now, now this is best. That's basically become the, the new almost Elks Lodge. Like it was in Queens that everyone. Yeah. It's, it's the new, there. it's the new fucking street walker. Everyone's taking a <laughs> ride in that building. Um, but, but if that building shut down for whatever reason, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know what guys maybe break down. I, it's a weird thing to be upset about losing a building. I think, you know, yeah. it's, unless it's, you don't know where you're going to go. I, I would yeah. see that aspect of it, but we, he had a plan B. I just, you know, it's just, you know, if, I, if you ever meet Johnny Moose, it's, it's gloom and doom. He's a half glass, empty guy consistently. Gotcha. No, for, I guess if, if anything, it's one of those where it's like the, the end of a chapter, if you will, like this, that's what uh, this photo, especially it shows. It's like, okay, it's that moment of like, well, this is the end here. Yeah. I look thrilled like there. <laughs> it's that's like, me, that's me sitting there going, can we please wrap this up? So I got my four hour drive home, please. But no, it, I, you know, it, it sucks. The fans, you know, we all love the building. He's got another building 40 minutes down the road. He'll find another building. Um, but it did suck. But at the same time, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, all right, but it's not the end. You know, like, yeah. that'd be like if somebody was like, hey, Vince, Madison Square Garden's closing down. You're like, oh, that sucks. Well, we'll go run, you know, the PNC Bank Arena or whatever. Like, yeah. doesn't stop the show. So yeah, it keeps going. And again, that's exactly. the best. That's at least that's the best thing about it as well. It isn't the end of excite. It's exactly. definitely going, and there's more more shows to come. So stay tuned for that, guys. But there is another match that is it's confirmed for this Saturday. I want to talk to you about. It is going to be this tag team matchup here, as is going to be yourself and Jack Tomlinson going head to head with Eric James and Bryce Donovan at Victory Pro Wrestling presents Battle in Bayshore. Uh, your thoughts going into this one here, and just what's been going on, especially in the in the main event scene with Eric James and everything with that going on at VPW. I mean, I really don't, I really don't have many thoughts. Um, you know, I, I did what I did last show, not for Jack or, or any, any reason I did it because quite honestly, and uh, I really don't care what anyone in VPW thinks. Um, I, I think VPW could be something really special, but I think it's very toxic with a lot of these guys. Um, I think radio has his head up his ass. Or he's got his head up someone else's ass. Um, there's potential for this place to be a big deal on Long Island. You know, Long Island is definitely, in my opinion, uh, craving a, a big indie company. You know, I mean, you got Outlaw, which is, you know, I really wouldn't classify Outlaw as a Long Island company. I mean, he's out there doing. I mean, he just did something in, in Jersey recently, um, but they're out there doing big things. You know, you have. NYWC, which is pretty much just a student promotion, you know, for the most part, they're not really going to go out anywhere. You know, they, they have a few guys, you know, there's like a guy like Papadon, Dan Barry, who's super talented. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's guys that usually just stay there and don't really go outside of that bubble. Um, you got create a pro, which is kind of the same thing. You know, you got your, your few guys that are going out and then you have a lot of students. I mean, look, create a pro in my honest opinion is the premier school on Long Island. I mean, in the past, what, five years, they produced probably more talent that's been on TV than I would say a vast majority of schools on the East Coast. Yep. And not to mention that you got, you know, and I'm not singing their praises. I don't train there. I'm just, I don't, I talk, speak the truth. You know, you got Pat Buck, who's the top what producer in the AEW, Hawkins or Myers, who's in Impact. You got MJ, the, the, the AEW world champion from there, you know. Um, but back to DPW, um, you know, the, there needs to be a regime change. I think, you know, there's been, you know, as talented as Eric is, he's been there for a while. 
Um, and I've been there, you know, for a few years now, but I've never really gotten my due. And, uh, you know, look, if, it, if it's not your goal to be the champion of a company, then I don't know what you're doing there. I don't care what title it is, but everyone wants to be a champion. You know, Jack is someone I saw a lot of potential in early on. And that's why I, you know, I sought after Jack when the Wolves of Odin were going on in VPW. Jack was someone that I was like, you know, just like Dante. I see a lot of potential. And then I told Jack both in and behind the scenes, in the ring and behind the scenes, I should say, uh, you know, look, these people, the fans at the end of the day, they're going to, they're going to love you or they're going to hate you, but it's about you. And I think he's finally starting to see that. And as far as Bryce, I mean, look, you know, both him and Eric, you know, they, 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 in my opinion, they treat wrestling like a joke, like they, you know, the singing and the dancing and coming out there. And it's not for me, man. You know, like I, like I said, in the, the interview I did at VBW, I sit in that locker room and I see a bunch of boys and girls, little boys and little girls and I honestly, I can't tell you the difference between who is who. And that's the straight shoot. You know, when I broke into wrestling, I got my ass handed to me by a lot of the vets. And I never complained. I never bitched. I'm not going to cry that I got bullied because it's professional wrestling. And a lot of these guys now run around thinking that, you know, wrestling's for everybody and wrestling needs to be this. Wrestling's wrestling, man. Wrestling doesn't owe anyone anything. Wrestling doesn't open doors for anybody. We're all you know, you make it and you cut your teeth and you earn your stripes. Nobody hands anything to you. And that's my problem with VBW. Like it's just a lot of these kids are like, Oh, I should just be handed things. It's like, no, you know, I don't, I don't care. You know, all these places that a lot of these guys are wrestling your beyonds and your CCWs and wherever else I've been there. I've been there before all of them. I've been there at the highest of the highs for those companies. I've been at the lows of the lows and it doesn't impress me. And, you know, what, what I'm going to do now in VPW, whether anyone likes it or not, is I'm going to make people earn their respect and I'm going to make people earn their stripes. And that's it. That, that's really all it is. You know, Eric's a hell of a wrestler. Eric deserves to be champion. But you know what? I had Eric beat on two separate occasions. And I know that. And he knows that. And he got lucky. And that's all it is to it. You know, I'm tired. I'm old. I ain't got time for bullshit anymore. And I sit in that and legit. You can ask anybody in that locker room. You can ask you know, fucking Adam, you can ask Anthony Gangone. I sit in the corner. I sit by myself with Foxy and I don't deal with any of these guys because that's who I am. And I go out and I do business and then that's it. And that's what it is. It's a business. And that's what I'm here to do. No, I got you. And I have heard that and I've seen it. I've seen it personally. You guys are again, just there in the corner. And it's one of those where you're dare, you're dare to do a job. You're dare to do what you need to do. And it's been successful. Now yeah, again, it's Saturday, Eric James and Bryce Donovan are going to learn that. Possibly the hard way. <laughs> so. 100%. Look, it, it's it's not personal. It's business. And I've, you know, I, I am uh, from that mindset of I, I don't like this idea, like I said, of, you know, safe spaces in wrestling or wrestling needs to be inclusive or wrestling needs to be safe. I, I just I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know, you can whatever you can call me old. You can call me the old man yelling at the cloud, whatever, whatever it is like. It's just this is pro wrestling and I don't care who you are, what you are, what, what you identify as, what you don't identify as, who you sleep with. It's wrestling. When you get inside that ring, all that bullshit, all that political nonsense, all that agenda shit goes out the window. And I don't care. I don't care if you, you know, tell me you're LBGQXY, you're going to get punched in the face when you step inside of the ring with me. And that's what I'm trying to, and, and that's what Foxy's trying to bring back. You know, there's no bullying. There's no, oh, he beat me up now. You, you step inside the ring, you're going to catch an ass beating from me. And it, it you may beat me, but you're going to still catch an ass beating regardless. 
No, definitely. Again, it's bringing almost it's bringing the legitimacy back to it. It's exactly. bringing that something of which I've seen again, and and I, I call him the boss there. Adam Kane has felt it. He's gone toe to toe with you, and he's felt Adam's a hell. Listen, Adam, <laughs> Adam. I look. I'm not gonna break any. You know, everyone knows what wrestling is and what wrestling isn't. Um, I have respect for Adam. I, I you know. Do I agree with what he does inside of the ring and who he does business with? Not exactly, but that's his deal. You know, I'm not gonna knock him. But you know, he after the deal happened, um, especially with with what happened with Eric, he came up to me and he shook my hand and said, "I respect you." And he earned my respect that day. He earned my respect the day that we we stepped and went toe to toe. Even though you know he got lucky and things happened and he got the, the W, but I know at the end of the day he realized who he was in the ring with. And sometimes a lot of people got to realize that wins and losses, yeah, they mean something, but having the respect or the earning someone's respect means a lot more than just, you know, a win and a loss. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. And again, it's one of those where that's, that's adding that true for what this is, the craft of it all. It's having that respect of those that have paved the way before you have done this and have made it something where we all want to be a part of as well. Exactly. So, makes sense there. So now that I want to ask this, because we talked about earlier getting in, we talked about all that, but I want to now talk about if there is a moment for you where, when you're in this already, when you're in the business, that made you decide this is what you want to continue to do. That was that moment. Like I made the right choice. I decided to, Hey, I don't want to have the, what if was there that moment that now it's like, I made the right choice now. I mean, I think from the first time I ever stepped foot into a tra the training school, um, you know, look, I mean, I, I, I've had my ups and downs. I've had, you know, I'm going to quit. I'm going to retire. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, listen, I, I'm not stupid. I know when, when I do finally call it quits, you know, I'm just going to walk off into the sunset and, uh, that's going to be it. You know, I'm not, I'm not expecting a, a huge goodbye. And, um, but the moment where I was like, this is for me is like I said, I mean, the moment, you know, I stepped inside of a ring, um, which wasn't for like three months during my training, but just being around it, just the atmosphere and, um, you know, I, you know, it's going to sound weird because, you know, you always hear from a lot of people, especially vets or guys that have made it. Like if you're not in this to make money or if you're not in this to go to WWE or you're not in this to be headlining WrestleMania, then why are you doing it? Yeah, I get that. But I never wanted to do anything other than just wrestle. And listen, man, I've wrestled in front of thousands of people. You know, I've wrestled in front of 6,000 people in Buffalo, New York for black craft wrestling. I've gotten to go to Mexico. I've gotten to go to Trinidad. I've gotten to wrestle in Canada. Um, I've gotten to go to states and towns that I didn't know existed, you know, or towns that never existed, states I never thought I would visit. Um, I've got to meet and wrestle some of my favorites and my idols. And, you know, like, I, I don't do this to get rich. I didn't, I didn't do this to get rich. I didn't do this because rich and famous. If I was able or I am able or if I ever do get the chance to make money and, and pay my bills and take care of my family because of this, then great. But I wanted to wrestle. And, I don't care if it was – dude, like I've done shows in front of three people and 50,000 chairs. You know what I'm saying? Like I go in as hard as it is when there's three people or there's three million. It's just this is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. This is, you know, wrestling. Pro wrestling is what I love. Um, and, you know, there's – the reality of it is and the truth is there does come a time when that's going to stop. And that does – that does you know, that worries me because I – don't know what wrestling, what my life is without wrestling inside of a ring. And it's a hard thing to really, you know, confront, but I'm going to keep going to the wheels fall off, whether anyone likes it or not. And trust me, there, there's a lot of people that really hope those wheels fall off. So I can probably right about now. 
again, that's that's something where that should just motivate you more. That pushes exactly. you to keep going and keep it. Listen, but, man, wrestling is uh it's the best thing in the world. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, wrestling's this, this, and this. Wrestling ain't anything, man. Pro wrestling doesn't do doesn't make anyone in, into an asshole, doesn't make anyone do drugs, doesn't make anyone this or that. It's the people inside of the business that that are shady and shitty. And you know, you got people that will sit there and tell you one minute they're your best friends and they love you. And the moment you do something that they want, you're the biggest piece of garbage in the world. Or you got people that have your back. And then, you know, the next moment they're like, yeah, man, screw X, Y, and Z. Don't, don't screw those guys. And then the next blink of an eye, they're, they're back hanging and banging and working with those guys. You know? So the thing about me, man, is I've always been honest and I've always been true to who I am. Um, And that's just my own issue. You know, I'll, I don't speak before I think. Uh, think before I speak, whatever. So I can't even talk anymore. I've been hitting that. Stuff. But, uh, uh, you know, wrestling, pro wrestling is the greatest thing in the world to me. It's it's everything you could ever ask for. And the people that sit there and say, oh, wrestling's this and this, this is like, no, nah, man, it's not wrestling. It's the people that are involved in it that are that are ruining it. Yeah. No, I could definitely agree with that. And again, just seeing certain things, it's always like, yeah, it just it gives it the bad rep because they put it as the the whole blanket is just that. It's just what wrestling is. It's like, eh. when you really see the things, it's like, no, it's not wrestling. It's a lot of just, unfortunately, some bad apples in it that ruin it for everybody and add that label to it. And There's like, a lot of grown men that haven't got, haven't graduated high school, man. That's that's exactly what it is. A lot of yeah. drama for, for a lot of people. And I mean a lot of people that are not making money. No. And here we go, though, to go more in the in the positive route. Well, more of a fight route here. Adam Kane saying, let's run it back one day. Anytime, big man. Anytime. And, of course, right behind him is Silky just, just throwing the ooze there because he wants to, wants to add more fire to it. So there you go. Yeah, anytime. Anytime, dude. I'll, I will fight anybody, whether I like them or hate them, in or out of the ring, shoot or not shoot. There is not a single person I won't go inside that ring with. Uh, and that's just the truth. You know, I've wrestled some of the very best. And I've wrestled some of the very worst and uh, I, I'm willing to do it with anybody. It's just about having, you know, I, I, if, if I can make one person in that crowd go home and go, you know, I know wrestling's supposed to be BS and fake and da, 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 but that guy, Cade, he really punched that guy in the face. Then I did my job. And it's probably because I really did punch somebody in the face. You know? I, uh, again, it's, it's, it's adding the realism back to it. It's adding something to it. Well, sometimes it is just it's punching it's punching someone in the face. But some people need it. Yes, definitely. But now let's talk about that. Then there again, you said you're willing to fight anyone. Is there a list? Is there just a person? Is there someone that you do want to face that you haven't had a chance to yet? I mean, currently, I made it. I made it fairly known to a lot of people. He knows about it. Uh, I've had people try to make it happen. Homicides tried to make it happen. Um, uh, well, Max the Impaler, James Mitchell has tried to make it happen and push for it. Uh, I very, very, very much would like to share the ring with Trevor Murdoch. I got to meet him at an indie show in bumfuck PA. Uh, I don't even remember where. He was working with someone else. I was working with someone else, and he watched my match. And he, this was before the NWA really started. To, like it's just in their infancy stages. Um, and uh, he came up to me and he was like, "Man." I don't know why they didn't put us together. He goes, we would have tore this place down. And ever since then, I was just like, I want to work this guy. And then watching him in the NWA and, you know, if anyone's ever had a chance to see what he's done there compared to what he did in WWE, it is night and day. I mean, it's, it's, he is so 
uh, nose to the grindstone, very old school, very, yep. very in your face, smash mouth, my type of wrestling, the wrestling that I like. And I, that's, I mean, he's the top of the list. And I don't care if it's at the NWA. I don't, I don't care if, you know, radio puts a ring in his backyard and just, it's just me and him. Like I very much would, would love to get in the ring with him. Um, aside from him, I mean, Eddie Kingston is a guy that mentored me when I was very young in my career. I've been very fortunate. Uh, anytime Eddie, if I ever had the opportunity to get to share the ring with Eddie again, that'd be great. Um, but there's really far and few between guys that I'm like, man, I, I really, really would like, you know, I, I guess, you know, Moxley, just because of his connection to deathmatch wrestling. Um, he's one of the few guys that I never got to get into the ring with uh, deathmatch or non-deathmatch. Um, Danny Moff, always uh, 100%. Anytime I've gotten to work with Moff, it's been amazing. But I, might, I can sit here and rattle names off, you know. <laughs> of if I sit here, I really think. But at the top of at the top of it, and off the top of my head, it, it would be Murdoch. Yeah. Trevor Murdoch is uh, is my white whale, I guess you can say right now. Gotcha. There, there's one I feel like because I saw a post you did the other day about wanting to fight, especially just bigger those guys that fight that style, like that rugged, just fight that ballroom style almost, uh, barroom style. And I feel like there's one guy that I've gotten to see him a lot, especially working with him at Callis that I feel like you two might have a great just fight and match in there. Ron Bass Jr. I've heard of the name. I don't know why I can't picture a face, but I have heard of the name. Dude, I like I said, I will go uh, – dude, I'll go anywhere. I'm a, I'm a call girl. Somebody calls me and says, hey, we, we got this guy and he wants to fight. I'm there. I mean, that's I, – I, you know, I make no bones about it. Pay me what I ask. You know, we're good to go. Don't, don't dick me over. I'll come in. I'll do my thing. If we can do business after, great. If not, down the road. But, you know, I put that up there because there, I, I want – now where I'm at size-wise, I want to – challenge. you know, it's a challenge for me. Like I can I, – I want to be able to wrestle everybody and anybody. But there is a lack for some reason of, like, Vader monster guys. I mean, every area has, like, one or two. You know, like in the Northeast, you got, like – you know, you got your TJ Marconis. You got your Vince Steeles. Maybe there's a one or you know, I wouldn't even I mean I, I guess we could put Adam in that category as well. Um but they're like I said, that's I that's really over the top of my head of who I can pinpoint. I mean I moff, you know, I guess. Um but like those monsters, those guys where like they're not they don't have to be body guys, they don't have to be, you know, jacked up huge, they're just big, huge guys. And I don't know, like just for some reason, you know, wrestling all these uh, these young kids, you know, you know the the Dantes, who I think is super talented, or, or the Jacks, or even the Eric James, like, guy, or, you know, or or the Sean Cars, or uh, whoever. Like, there was a guy in Connecticut that I was hoping to do business with, but the company uh, kind of closed down for a bit. Uh, Bull Dread, who's a, a big deal in Connecticut, um, you know, he's he's one of those old school nose to the grindstone type guys. But for some reason, man, the, the there's not a lot of big guys out there, and you know, if I could put them all in one ring and just have them come at me one after another, probably be in my glory, just throwing hands with some tough, big hosses. Gotcha. No, definitely. Again, that's why I was like, when I saw that, I was like, especially seeing him again this weekend, I was like, yeah, Ron and, and Cade could definitely do something. I'm going to I'm gonna see it because I like to do those. I might do a little uh, graphic after this and, hey, if someone wants to book it, pay these guys money and let's see that, that fight happen. Yeah, so, dude, like I said, man, I'm, I'm down to fight anybody. Oh, I have... I've gotten to fight some of the toughest guys, you know, your Necro Butchers, your Masadas, uh, Danny Moffs, you know, like 
your house colognes, the guys that are literally like, you know, bite your your eyes out of your skull if they have to. So, um, but yeah, it's just I've tried talking. Listen, I've I've tried getting into radios here about you know, hey man, what about this guy? What about that guy? What about this girl? Uh, what about that? You know, he doesn't listen to me. So if it was up to me, BBW be a completely different Ross. It'd be a lot of monsters like uh, the girl Sammy Chaos. I think I think that we, I think we've she tried. is. We've pushed. I think, I think she is money. I think uh, I think she's got potential to be a big star. Uh, I think she's unique. Um, I said, and, and it's funny. I said the same thing. I'm not taking credit for Max, but I remember meeting Max when they were very young in their career, and um, very good friends with Max. And now, you know, they're out there killing it in Japan. Uh, I'm not saying I have an eye for talent, but I sometimes I just get a feeling for some people. I'm like, I don't know. I think something. I think we, you know, I think there's something there, and uh, I think she has it. And I'm not just saying it because I, I like her as a person. I generally, I just look at her. I'm like. There's something there that that that's not come out yet, and I say, I'm like, if it comes out, she's gonna be on a tear, and uh, I hope so. And she's one that I've told radio numerous times, like, yo, get get on this, get on this fucking boat before this thing takes off, because you're gonna regret it. No, no, uh, that's definitely a name we've we pushed as well. Sammy, just there, there's something there, especially when I had her on the podcast a few days ago. I talked to her about that as well. Like, there is something where just the the size, what she brings into that ring, it's you, you don't see it like that. Yeah, I, I feel the same way about Adam. I, I know, I know Adam's your boy. I know uh, uh, Silky and all that, but uh, I think Adam's got a, a, a load of potential. I think there's a lot of um, unmolded raw clay, and I think when he finds and figures it out, I think Adam's gonna be a pretty big deal. Um, he's got a lot of talent, and then I, I, you know, there's a few people out there. I'm like, keep an eye on it. I like, I'll be honest. I think Dante, in you know. I would say maybe in two or three years, I think Dante is going to be one of the top independent wrestlers in the States. It wouldn't blow It wouldn't shock me. He's a hard worker. He's super talented. Uh, and I think Jack too. I think Jack's got to, you know, there's, there's a few people at creative, uh, sorry, at VPW that I'm like, man, if, if the right thing happens, they're going to, they're going to go on a tear no. um, and we'll see, man. I just, you know, that's, that's, that, that's my goal. That was my goal for coming to VPW originally was to, help you know give back and you know, i did so much on long island uh for so long and then i was kind of not wrestling on the island for a few years and then when i got asked to come to bpw i was like i'm gonna try to help establish something new and give back you know not give i guess give back but i didn't look at it that way but like try to build some new guys and, and and build a new territory basically for guys to have work in and uh you know now i'm pissed off because it didn't work because nobody listened to me so now i'm gonna take it out on everybody well, again, you had good intention, but then it's, it's it's one of those where you tried. Now it's time to just say, look, you know, make look, it work for yourself. There's that quote: um, "You can you 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 can die a hero, or you can live long enough to become the villain." And that's essentially what's going on here. You know, I'm not dying to be no one's hero, so I guess I'll just be the villain. Uh, there you go. So, Kate, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because it's truly been a pleasure. And again, I know you're a busy guy, so I want to want to get get you back to your reptiles as well. So before we start wrapping this up, I do want to talk about that because I am also a snake lover. So I want to talk to you for you. What was what what got you into the love for for reptiles and everything like that? Um. So, I mean, I, I think I just kind of fell in love with them. Honestly, you know, yep. TV. My 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 dad, my my real father, my biological father. Uh, him and another guy had a uh, a small time reptile um, business that he ran out of our house, uh, like a wholesale. 
and you know that was like really my first introduction to like you know all these these animals and then as i got older you know i books and stuff like that and then honestly uh the crocodile hunter steve Irwin. you know all of a sudden you're, you're seeing this crazy dude jump on crocodiles and alligators and catching all these venomous snakes and it just you know like it just drew me to him and then um you know this has always been something that i've i've wanted as a kid like my own you know this is you know my man cave my office my reptile room whatever you want to say um but uh yeah i mean i i always had reptiles never to this abundance but um, when I moved into this house with my fiance, well, prior to that, I was, I was kind of uh, like, people would call me like, Hey, I got my, my daughter has this, my son has that. They can't take care of it. Can you take it? And I was taking things in and rehoming them. And, uh, it just kind of spiraled into that to where now, like I'll get phone calls from, you know, pet stores, uh, um, people that have pets that don't want them anymore. Or, um, people will send me emails and, uh, you know, I pretty much take anything in and I rehome it just because, you know, um, you know, people look at reptiles, they don't, you know, like, it's not a dog or a cat or a rabbit or, you know, people don't really ha realize there's how can you have an emotional connection with this monster or this thing that has no, per you know, it doesn't have a personality. <clears throat> and every single one of my animals has its own personality, its own little quirks. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm right now I'm, what I, I got like seven snakes, six, seven, eight lizards, two frog, like, um, and a, and a few of them were rescues that were not allowed to be adopted out because my fiance or my stepson fell in love with them. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this is, this is, you know, like I was saying earlier, like, I don't know what's going to happen after wrestling. This is probably going to be what I'm going to be doing. I mean, I, my YouTube channel, um, my, my last reptile video, which blew my mind has over 5,000 views, which I know doesn't sound like a lot compared to what's out there, but I was like, not doing anything other than showing my reptiles. So that one kind of like blew my mind. And then we went to a, a local expo and people were like, Hey man, I love your videos. I was like, Oh man, thanks. Like what matches you like? He's like, match. He's like, no man, your reptile videos. I was like, Oh shit. Like people know me from the <laughs> wrestling. And so it's kind of like now the goal is to bridge the wrestling with the reptiles and the reptiles with the wrestling and try to bring those two uh, worlds together. Um, like at my merch tables, I have a little container. It says Reptile Rescue Fund. And legit, everything that goes in there goes into bedding, food, uh, lighting for the animals that I adopt out. Um, I don't do this, do it for money. I just do it because I love them. But, okay. you know, uh, probably when I'm done wrestling, my stepson kind of already kind of gave me the little Iggy. He's like, why don't you do your own breeding? Like, this is fun. Like, you could do this. So, you know, probably in uh, when, 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 the wrestling's done. You'll probably see, I don't know, Valhalla reptiles or whatever stupid Viking name I'll give it, but that, that's probably the plan. But yeah, man, this is, you know, wrestling reptiles, working out and cooking. That, that's, that's my life, dude. No. And again, that's perfect. And again, I, I, when I saw that, I was like, I, to me, I love snakes. I love all that, but unfortunately uh, the mom's not too much of a fan. So I can't have my own here. But every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that's just awesome. My, dude, I, any anytime you wanna you wanna stop by here for a VPW show, I'll gladly show you everybody. I, I my door is open, everyone. I my fiance has friends and family over, or friends and their kids come in here, and it's you know it's cheaper than going to the zoo. It only doesn't charge anybody anything. So gotcha. There you go. But again, brother, I don't want to take up too much more of your time here. So before I do let you go, one final question as always. So for Cade Lofbrock here, what is the end goal? Just keep going till I'm fulfilled, man. And I don't know what that is. You know, um, to do this is, you know, to do this as long as I physically can and have fun. That's the key. 
you ain't having fun doing this. Ain't no reason doing this. And right now I'm having a lot of fun. So till till I'm uh, not having fun, I'm going to keep doing this. Perfect. There you go. That's the best way to put it there. Guys, if you haven't already, make sure you go follow Kate on all of his social media right there. Follow him on Instagram right there. Follow him on Twitter right there. Links will be in the description down below as well. Also to that YouTube channel, like you mentioned earlier, will be down there as well. Okay, thank you again so much for joining me here. I'll be wow. seeing you Saturday. And to everyone else, thank you as always for joining us. And don't forget to be wise, be genuine, be real, be better people, respect the craft, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.